And now let's give the Lord Jesus Christ a wonderful ovation of praise. In him we live and move and have our being. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, precious brothers and sisters, and all of our guests that are with us here in person and those that may be watching by social media. We are living in the end times. Amen. There's no doubt in my mind that these are not normal times. And anyone who has the desire to return to church as usual, you need to wake up. Because we are not going to have church as usual anymore. Amen. Every moment counts. Every second is valuable. Every opportunity God gives us to gather in his house, to lift our hands, to lift our voice, we ought to be attuned to the Holy Ghost and take advantage of every chance he gives us. Hallelujah. The Bible says, clap your hands, all, all, all ye people, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. We worship the Lord most high. Hallelujah. And I'm so thrilled to be here today. Amen. And I'm very, very privileged to live in an hour such as this. Folks be wondering, well, what is this all about? What are we doing here? Why are we acting the way we're doing? Well, in actuality, we all just we're all just rehearsing, really. We're all just getting in shape. A songwriter said that's going to be shouting on the heels of glory. So all we're doing is getting in shape right now. Amen. If you, if you don't like praising the Lord here, you're not going to go up there. Amen. If you don't fit in here, you may not fit in up there. But my eyes are on that distant shore. And I could just sense the nearness of his return more and more and more. The God we serve is a God of paradox. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. In order to be full, we have to empty ourselves. When we are weak, that's when we're really strong. And in order to know life, we must die. He's a God of paradox. And this morning, I have a message sort of on that line. When I was meditating on it and thinking about it and praying over it, I'm like, Lord, it's so, so strange. It seems like opposites of, of the reality. But God was letting me know. He said, oh, but that's the way I am. Just when you think you know where I'm at, I'm moving someplace else. <laughs> Just when you think you got me pegged, uh, I got something brand new for you to blow your mind. Amen. And so this morning, as we sense the presence of God in here in such a beautiful way, you know what I'd like for us to do? I, I, I want to take us on a trip this morning. I want to take us to that glorious celestial city called heaven. Anybody want to go? Hallelujah. Anybody want to go? <laughs> I, I, want us, I want us to pull back the curtain because the Lord, the Lord pulled the curtain on many occasions and allowed us to peep inside 
to see and to experience what is waiting for us on the other side. And, and this morning, I want to kind of take us there. If you have your Bibles, I want to direct you to the Old Testament prophet Isaiah and the 25th chapter of the book of Isaiah, and we'll start at verse number 6. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We will sing and shout victory. But, but, but not like you think. Not like you think. Hold on a second. Isaiah chapter 25, beginning at verse number 6. And in this mountain, in this mountain, shall the Lord of hosts make unto all people a feast of fat things. Boy, that must be good. A feast of wines on the leaves of fat things full of marrow of wines on the leaves well refined oh it's gonna be a feast and he will destroy in this mountain <clears throat> the face of the covering cast over all people and the veil that is spread over all nations I believe this mountain is heaven and here verse 8 says he will swallow up death in victory. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces. And the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off all the earth. For the Lord hath spoken it. And it shall be said in that day. Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him. And he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. This is our God. This is the one that we preached about. This is the one we be singing about. This is our God. We've been waiting for him. Hallelujah. It's going to be glorious. No more tears. No more pain. No more sickness. No more cancer. No more viruses. No more earthquakes. No more hurricanes. No more tornadoes. No more prescription pills. No more arthritis. No more headaches. No more, oh, no more hospitals. No more doctors. No more cemeteries. What a day that's going to be. But then I looked at the scriptures and I saw something that triggered my interest and is found in verse number 8. I looked at this and it said he will swallow up death in victory. Somebody say praise the Lord. And the Lord God, here it is, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces. All of this is happening in the mountain of the Lord. 
in that glorious place called heaven. And this is the part that got me. I said, Lord, you're going to wipe away tears? Why would anyone be crying in heaven? And the Lord said, that's what I want you to speak on tonight or today. My title is Tears in Heaven. Tears in Heaven. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit. Oh God, we want to be attuned to your voice. Speak to us, almighty God. Move upon us like we've never felt you move before. Oh, Lord, let our hearts be open to receive. God, touch that man, Lord God, that's just, just full of pride. And, Lord, touch that woman, Lord, that keep procrastinating. And touch that young person and help them to recognize today you're calling their name. God, touch every saint of God and help us to recognize that this world is not our home. God, we pray, Lord, that when this service is over, that not one person will leave the same that they came in. Let your perfect will be done, we pray. And everyone say, in Jesus' name. Jesus. Holy Ghost filled saints of God, I want you to do me a favor while I'm preaching. Would you pray for me? There's a battle going on. You may be seated. Tears. Tears in heaven. In this glorious, wonderful place that we're all looking toward and we're all expecting and can't hardly wait to get there amen this glorious land where eyes have not seen and ears have not heard and you haven't even imagined the, the wonders that are waiting for us oh just the thought of that is enough to get me through any trial amen surely in this life Jesus said you're going to have tribulation there's going to be some tough times of testing and trial but one writer in the scripture describes everything that we're going through as only a light affliction no matter how difficult it might be, no matter how hard it might be, no matter how dark the circumstances may become, the Bible says it is only a light affliction. When you compare it to the eternal weight of glory that's waiting for us. That songwriter said, it's going to be worth it all. Every trial, every temptation, every pain, it's going to be worth it all. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, I began to just think about heaven and, and what is waiting for us on the other side. And then when I saw this, tears in heaven. He's going to wipe away all tears from all faces it began to dawn on me that I've read this somewhere else in the scripture. As a matter of fact, in the book of Revelation, two times it mentions God shall wipe away all tears off their faces. Two times. And each time that that is mentioned, it is following a judgment. You see, the Bible says it's appointed once for man to die. But after that, the judgment. So no matter who you are or where you come from or what you've done or not done, one of these good old days, you're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. 
And there's going to be two judgments, brothers and sisters, friends and neighbors. There's going to be two judgments in heaven. One judgment is going to be for those that are, all, that are saved. Amen. Those that have repented of their sins, been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yes, you're going to stand before the great white throne. And then there are those that have rejected the gospel. There's going to be a day of judgment for you as well. And after each one of these judgments, the Bible says he's going to wipe away tears from their eyes. Go with me, if you will, to the first one, Revelation chapter 7. In the book of Revelation, the seventh chapter, we find the first of these judgments. Revelation chapter 7, starting at verse number 9, the apostle John was caught up in the spirit and God allowed him to see this judgment. Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9, John said, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne, before the Lamb. They were clothed with white robes. And palms were in their hands. Who is he speaking of? He's speaking of the people that have already been redeemed. They're clothed with righteousness. Verse 10 says, And this great multitude cried with a loud voice. It's going to be noisy up there, y'all. Huh? It's going to be noisy up there. People, people man, y'all too noisy down here. Y'all got to sing loud, the music loud, the preachers loud. Why y'all got to be so loud? I was in one service one time, a lady from some denominational church. She went to her church where they were so quiet, you could hear uh, your hair growing. That's how quiet it was. <laughs> and she wasn't used to our style of worship. And, you know, when we got, got started getting excited, she started looking around and going, man, it's so loud in here, it's so loud. And then she asked, why y'all got to be so loud? God's not deaf. <laughs> but you know, I come to the conclusion, God likes it loud. He likes a lively church. He likes a people that's on fire for him. Hallelujah. You say, Brother Easter, why you get excited? Oh, if you only knew where God brought me from. If you only knew what God say, you clap your hands with me. Hallelujah. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. God likes it loud. Woo! Glory to God. And they cried with a loud voice. This is what they're saying. Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts. They fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Woo, sound like a Pentecostal service up there. Oh, one of the elders of these, which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? I said, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they 
These are the ones. They came out of great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. These are the redeemed of the Lord. Therefore are they before the throne of God and they serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst anymore, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Wait a minute. Why are they crying? All this wonderful things that's happening. Why are there tears? See, this judgment, this judgment for the righteous is going to be quite a deal. The Apostle Paul gave us more insight to help us to understand what is going to be happening in this judgment. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. In 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, the Apostle Paul, he, he, he breaks open the mystery and begins to take us to that place where every born-again Christian is going to be judged. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting at verse number 10, the Apostle Paul said, According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another beareth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. I've laid the foundation. I've laid the gospel. I've laid down the doctrine. You need to be careful how you build on that. Amen. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is already laid, and that is Jesus Christ. Now, everyone say now. now. All right, this is when he begins to talk to you and me. Now, now, if any man build upon this foundation, the one God foundation, the repentance foundation, the baptism in Jesus' name foundation. And a Holy Ghost foundation. If any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it. Why? Because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work survive, abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Okay, Lord, what are you saying? What, what, what is the Holy Ghost trying to tell us? The Holy Ghost is letting each and every one of us know that we all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And we're all going to be judged according to the works we have done. We're going to be judged for what we have done with what God has given us. He's given you talent. He's given you skills. He has given you ministry. And you know everybody in this room is a minister. God never saved you to sit. 
He saved you. He gave you a purpose. He has given you a mission. Every single person in here, the Bible tells us we need to be productive. Amen. We need to multiply. That was the plan in the Garden of Eden. It has not changed. God wants you to reproduce after your own kind. What's my kind? Holy Ghost kind. God wants us to reproduce. He wants to take over this city. He wants your neighbors filled with the Holy Ghost. He wants your co-workers filled with the Holy Ghost. He wants your family filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And God saved each and every one of us to be productive in the kingdom of God. So the question is, what have you done with what God has given you? Pastor, you know the thing that concerns me sometimes is I think, I think we are spoiled. Oh, y'all not going to like me after this, but that's okay. That's okay. We've got it so good. If there's ever a church in Newark, Ohio that has been blessed, it's this one. If there's anybody that ought to be excited about their brothers and sisters, it ought to be this church. If there's anybody that ought to be dancing and clapping and shouting and rejoicing, it ought to be us. Because we've got the word. We've got the name. We've got the doctrine. We've got the truth. And everyone don't have what we got. Oh, hallelujah. And so that day, we're going to stand before the throne. You and I are going to stand before the throne by ourselves. And we're going to have to give an account for what God has given us. Now, you're already saved. This, this judgment is not about whether you're going to make it to heaven or not. Amen. You, 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 you're, you're filled with the Holy Ghost. You're living for God. The Holy Ghost is already judging you according, according to that. And you better thank God for it, too. Because every time you mess up, the Holy Ghost goes, nope, you shouldn't be doing that. Every time you mess up, the Holy Ghost goes, oh, you shouldn't be saying that. You shouldn't be looking at that. And, and it judges you. And then you respond to it by repenting. And being washed all over again, over and over and over. And that's how you stay pure. And that's how you stay clean. Hallelujah. So, so you're already saved. When you stand before the throne, it's not a matter of whether you're going to make it into heaven or not. It's going to be a matter of how you're going to be rewarded for what you've done. So your works, all the things you've done in Jesus' name is going to be put in the fire. And the works that you have done will fall in one or two categories. The works you perform are either going to be gold, silver, amen, or it's going to be hay and stubble. What works will you have? See, if, you, if, if you're just wood, hay, and stubble, wood, hay, and stubble, what kind of works are those? What does that represent? Hay, wood, and stubble, it, 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 it's those things that you find on the surface. Wood, hay, stubble, surface, shallow, natural. If, if your life for God, if what you have done for the kingdom of God is natural, if it's just surface, if it's just going through the motions, being one way on Sunday and something different on Monday, you're shallow. 
If, if your affections are not on the things of heaven, but your affections are on the things of the earth, you're just shallow. And the works that you present to the Lord in that day, once they're tried in the fire, they're going to be burned up. Amen. We, we, we don't need to settle for being shallow Christians. Sunday morning Christians, weekend Christians. Amen. We need to be dedicated to living for God the way God designed us to live for him. It's not a matter of how you feel. It's not a matter of your personality. It doesn't matter what somebody said about you or did to you. Jesus said except you pick up your cross every single day and follow him. You're not worthy of what God has in store for you. I want to be everything God wants me to be. When the scripture says walk in the spirit, what does that mean? Walk in the spirit. Not just on the weekends. When, that, when Jesus said abide in me and I will abide in you, what does that mean? That means he wants you to dwell in him. He wants to be with you in the morning, at noontime, at supper time. Jesus wants to be with you on your job. He wants to be with you at school. He wants to be with you in every facet of your life. He wants your whole being. Amen. Anything else falls short of what God has designed. And then you'll perform in the manner as you have given. Your works will be wood. Your works will be hay. Your works will be stubble. And when you stand before the throne of God and he try your works in the fire, they'll all burn to ashes. Oh, you're, going, you're saved. You're saved. But he's going to take away every reward he had prepared for you. And when you stop and stand there in that day of judgment and think to yourself, Lord, I know I could have done better. I could have been more dedicated. I could have prayed a little harder. And you know, in my, in my crazy imagination, I picture, I picture when you're standing before the great white throne, I picture God is going to have a gigantic movie screen showing you every opportunity he could have used you. But you were too carnal to let him use you. So many excuses we come to God. Lord, I, I can't do this. Lord, I can't do that. I, Lord, I, I can't sing. And Lord, I can't play the piano. And I can't get in front of a whole lot of people and talk. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. The Bible says, I can do all things. Through Christ Jesus. We so focus on our frailties and our weaknesses and all the reasons we can't. But the Holy Ghost is going to show us every chance we could have. And there are going to be some of you sitting in the congregation and you're going to see yourself. Well, God wanted to use you mightily, but you, you, weren't, you weren't available to him. Simple little things. Simple little things. For instance, I see it. I see it. The scripture. I see a, 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 a saint of God bring, talk to their co-workers. You got to come to our church. Oh, you got to come to our church. God really moves in our church. The Holy Ghost. God wants to bless you. Will you come to church? I don't know, man. I don't know all this religion stuff. Is this really real? Oh, it's real. It's real. Oh, you just got to come. Just come to the service. And they bring their guests. We got guests here today. They come in. They got a question mark on their forehead. You know what they're questioning? Is this real? 
Is this real? I hear you talk about it. I hear you say that the Holy Ghost is moving and all this stuff. I want to know, is this real? So you bring them, you bring them to church. And they sit there next to you and they're looking around and they're listening to the preacher preach. And then you, on the other side of the church, you're sitting there and you're thinking, I don't feel like clapping my hands. I don't feel like standing up and sitting down. And I've heard the pastor preach that message two weeks ago. <laughs> How long has that roast been in the microwave? How long? You know, what am I going to do after church? That's you. And the preacher is preaching and he's sweating and he's trying to reach that lost soul. But you're sitting there with your arms crossed criticizing the preacher. Oh, he misquoted that verse. <laughs> or oh, he stumbled on that word. The Holy Ghost is moving. And that visitor is sitting there and they feeling something. They say, oh my goodness, this is different. This is really incredible. I know that preacher believes it. I can tell. And my friend that brought me, I, I know she believes it. But I need to know, do that person believe it? And you sitting there too full of yourself to be focused on God. And then they're going to make their decision based on your reaction. And they said, well, if she's got the Holy Ghost and he's baptized and that's all they can do is just sit there, then it must not be what they say it is. And so that person decides, I'm not ready yet, based on your response. And you never even spoke to them. You don't even know there's there. Let me tell you something. You don't know who's watching you. Somebody's looking at you right now. You an open book being read of all men. You are preaching the message without even opening your mouth. Folks are looking at you and they're wondering, do you really believe this? Are you really on board with this? Amen. They are watching the back of your head and some of y'all near sleep. But I'm telling you, everything you do from the moment you walk in that door, you are a vessel that's being used of God and people are going to make a decision based on what you think, what you say, how you act. Somebody's going to look at you and say, I believe it because of him. It must be something to this. There's got to be something to this. What are you going to do with what God has given you? Oh my God, I don't want to be stubble. I don't want to be hay. I don't want to be wood. I don't want my works burned. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's more than just being saved. We got to produce fruit. You can't be shallow earthy natural but we want to be that other group the gold the silver the precious stones where are they found they're not on top of the ground you gotta dig you want the gold you gotta dig it's gonna cost you something it's gonna be uncomfortable sometimes <laughs> you're gonna sweat 
sometimes you're going to get dirty sometimes ah, but I want the gold I want the silver I want the precious stones you got to get deep you got to get deep with the Holy Ghost that means you're going to have to have a prayer life you got to get deep with the Holy Ghost that means you got to be acquainted with your word Huh? Hallelujah. You can't just go week to week to get a blessing from Sunday to next Sunday. You got to walk in this. You got to talk in this. You got to grow in this. Hallelujah. You got to love this. I want to be gold. I want to be precious stones. I want to be silver. I want the works that I do based on this foundation to, to stand the test. And every single last one of us have been chosen to be pure gold. He said, bring me gold that's been tried in the fire. Hallelujah. And when I look across this congregation, I see potential gold from wall to wall, from the back to the front. I see people that's anointed. I see people with purpose. I see people that's ready to do exploits. Hallelujah. Don't settle for the common. Don't settle for status quo. Don't settle for anything usual. God has called us for such a time as this. Somebody say, I want to be gold. I want to be gold. I want to be gold. And when the works that I do, I tried on that day of judgment. I wanted to last. I wanted to come through the fire. So you need to ask yourself in these last closing hours of the church, are you doing all that you can do for God? Or are you just coasting? God has a work for you to do. He has a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us. And there's going to be a day of judgment and we're going to all stand. And you know something crazy? God just might show this service to you. <laughs> and he'll say, remember when you was in that church service? I had Mike Easter come and tell you all this stuff. That wasn't Mike Easter talking. That was the Holy Ghost talking. What are you going to do with it? It's going to be a day. And if your works are burned up, the tears are going to flow. You're saved. You're saved. Oh, hallelujah. But I'm telling you, when you look and see what you could have had, when you look and see what God had, wait, had waiting for you, and then he takes it away, the tears are going to flow. Yes, there's going to be tears in heaven. There's going to be tears in heaven. That's the judgment of the righteous. That's the judgment of those that are saved. There's a second judgment. There's one other judgment. Back to the book of Revelation, if you will. There's another judgment. This one here is the judgment of the unsaved. The unsaved. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter, oh, let's start in chapter 20, verse number 11. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 11. Everyone say the unsaved. The unsaved. Amen. Those of you that are not saved, listen real close. Revelation chapter 20, verse number 11. John said, I saw a great white throne. That's the same throne. And I saw him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. 
and there was found no place for them. Who are these people? The people that fled, the people that turned their back on the gospel, the people that kept saying, I'm not ready yet. That's the biggest lie ever came out of hell. So many times I approach people after I preach a sermon and they don't come forward. They just kind of sitting around looking for the exit. I said, hold on a second. I said, did you believe what I just preached? Yeah, man, you know, I mean, you was dead on it, bro. I mean, man, you were talking to me, man. I mean, I know I'm not living right. Will you give your life to the Lord right now? Will you repent of your sins? Quit living for the devil. He has nothing for you. God has every, everything you're looking for. It's right here. You're standing at the door. Come on in. And then they say, well, you, I know you're right, man, but uh, I, I, I'm just not ready yet. Boy, that make me want to, ooh. You ever feel that way with somebody? Just, man. What you mean you're not ready yet? Truth of the matter is you're more ready than you think you are. You're just looking all the wrong places to find the answer. And it's right here in front of your face. These people that turn their back on God. These are the ones that scripture here is talking about. And the Bible says here in verse number 12, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were open. That's plural. And the book, singular, was open. The book is the book of life. There are going to be two books. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. The sea gave up the dead which were in it. Death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Chapter 21, verse number 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Not from the eyes of the people that's going to the lake of fire. The same eyes he wiped in the first judgment. Those that are saved. Because we're going to be witnesses to that second judgment. We're going to be there in the stands watching the second judgment. The second judgment. The second judgment of those who have rejected the gospel of Jesus Christ. People that are just hardcore sinners and people that go to church every Sunday and are not not saved. And you know, going to church don't save you. Being religious don't save you. You can go to church all your life and still still be not saved. And there's people all over this town in that predicament right now. But the day of judgment is coming. You die. See, people don't, don't, don't either they don't want to understand it or they try to ignore it away, but it's not going to go away. When you die and you're not saved, you die in your sins. Oh, God. When you close your eyes in this life, you take your last breath immediately. Your eyes open in hell. It's not no long transitory period where you just in limbo waiting for the judgment and then you go before the throne and then you go to hell. No, you go immediately to the torment of fire. 
one that don't believe now, you will believe then. When you open your eyes in torment, burning, you can feel, you can hear, you can see, and worst of all, you can remember. You remember every chance God gave you and you didn't take it. And now you're burning in hell. Oh, I believe now, but it's too late. And you burning in hell, burning in hell on a torment that words can't even describe. And you're there screaming and burning and, oh, God, God, I wish I knew. I wish you had every chance to know. God did everything he can to warn you of this place. He sent his only begotten son that you won't have to go to this place. It wasn't put there for you. It was put there for sin and for rebellion and Satan and his demons. It never was created for you, but because of your unrighteous attitude, that's where you're headed. And burning in hell, burning in hell. People sitting in hell right now today screaming and crying while their loved ones still here talking about they resting in peace. No, hardly any preacher tells the truth at funerals. This, this ain't no need to cry. No need to cry. This is a celebration. What? Old Joe going home. Yeah, I know where he going. But if you say something, people say, you can't judge. Yes, I can. I got a Bible. You can't love people in the heaven. No matter how much you love them, you can't love them in the heaven. They must be born again. They must be born again. And when that individual goes into that next life, and they're burning, burning, burning. Oh, God. Oh, God, if I just had another chance. And they're burning, burning. And what makes it even worse, they can see the abode of the righteous over a great gulf. Those are the people that are saved. And a trumpet is going to sound. First resurrection. They're going to witness those souls going up to meet the Lord in the air. And they're going to sit there and think, I could have been with them. I could have been with them. Oh, God, get me out of this fire. God, I don't want to be here. And then it's going to happen. There's going to be the second resurrection. A trumpet is going to sound. And those souls burning in hell, burning in fire, they are going to find themselves being lifted up out of hell. Can you imagine what that's going to be like for them? Oh, relief. No more fire. Oh, God. Oh, God. I don't want to go back there. And they go to heaven. What? Sinners go to heaven? Oh, yes. That's where the great white throne is. That's where they're going to be judged. They're going to get to see the pearl gate and the walls of Jasper and the 12 foundations and the angelic host. Wow! Oh, this is beautiful. This is wonderful. God, thank you, Lord God, for getting me out of hell. Then they stand before the judgment. And the book's going to be there. The book's the books, that's the Bible because it's a library of 66 books. And in that books, those books, God is going to judge. Did you follow the commandments? Oh, no, 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 you didn't, did you? You didn't follow the commandments. And then that book will be cast aside. And then he'll open up another big book. And that's the book of life, your life. And you know what's in the book of life? Every sin you've ever committed. 
is recorded, written down, and held in judgment against you. And you know how many sins it takes for you to be cast into eternity without God? One sin. For the wages of sin is death. All it takes is one sin. Just one. Oh my goodness. And then he opens up your book. And your book has three chapters. Acts of commission. Every sin you ever committed in your life since you were old enough to know right from wrong is written in that book. All those things you forgot about. You don't forgot about that one. But it's written. God ain't forget nothing. And all it takes is one. And once he goes through that chapter, he opens chapter number two. Words. Words? Did you know every word that come out of your mouth is recorded? Every curse word, all that profanity, all those lies, all that gossip is written down and waiting for you in the judgment. Man, if God is keeping that kind of record, who can be saved? Because nobody's perfect. It's not over. You got another chapter. Chapter 3, your thoughts. Come on, man. You mean God is taking record of my thoughts? Mm-hmm. For as a man thinketh, so is he. I mean, if you just look at a woman, <laughs> don't touch her, just look at her and have the thoughts. You know, I already committed to cry. <laughs> My goodness, who can be saved? Can't none of us get saved on our own. But if you don't have the blood to wash away those stains, you're going to stand there and you're going to have to give an account by yourself for yourself. And when the judge finishes with all of that on your record, he's going to ask you a question. How did you plead to these charges? And if you stand there and say, not guilty, you just lied. That's another sin. And if you say, I'm guilty, you just condemned yourself. So ain't no way you can win. And now you're standing before the Lord, shivering and shaking. And you're pleading, please, please, please don't take me back to hell. Please don't take me back to hell. And God says, you're not going back to hell, but you're going to die again. No, no. This time to the lake of fire, which is a thousand times worse than hell. The angel's going to come and grab you and pick you up and take you to the lake of fire and throw you in. And then, if that's not worse, God's going to take Satan and his demons and cast them on top of you. Then he's going to take death and hell itself and throw that on top of you. And then cast you out into eternity, burning forever and ever and Those of you that are saved, you're going to be in the stands witnessing this. And as that people go marching through on their way to the lake, you're going to see people you know. You're going to see some friends 
people you tried to witness to. And you're going to see people that were relatives of yours. You're going to see all kinds of people going through. And as you see them, those tormented, agonizing souls marching to the lake of fire, you're going to start crying. And you're going to say, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. But God said, I had mercy. But they wouldn't receive it. And as they are cast into the lake, the Lord is going to turn around back at you. And he's going to wipe away the tears. Oh, God. It's going to happen. It's a reality. And the Holy Ghost is here today. And God is letting me know. He said, you know, if there were more people conscious about souls, more than trying to get a blessing, if they were conscious about the person sitting next to them and praying, Lord, touch my brother, touch this man. Lord, don't let him be lost. God, touch that woman, Lord. Amen. Instead of coming to church so full of your own desires, God, give me, 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 give me, me, me. I need, I need, I need. God said, if you spend more time laboring for souls, if there was more tears on the earth, there might not be so many tears in heaven. The scripture says in closing, musicians, would you come? The scripture says, he that goeth forth, weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again, rejoicing, bringing his sheaves, bringing souls with him. I wouldn't want one single person in this sanctuary to miss out on God. I don't want one person in here to experience the fires of hell and then go to the lake of fire. I don't want that for you. And God loves you too much to just let you walk away. And so today, my sister, you need to get honest. You are not where you need to be. and You are not saved. How do I know? How do I know how to be saved? The Bible says repent. Stop and turn around. Don't live halfway for God. Devote yourself completely. The hour is late. There's not much time left. Repent. Be sorry enough to quit sinning and change your attitude and change your direction and say Lord not my will I give up I don't, I'm not going to fight you no more I'm not going to try to live for you my way I want to live for you your way God I don't want to go to hell I don't want to be lost and then the Bible says and then you must be baptized in water and it's got to be done in the name of Jesus Christ because it's the name that brings the blood, that brings the washing away of your sins. And there's only one way to be baptized. But I've already been baptized. How was it done? Oh, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. That was done wrong. It's got to be in the name of Jesus Christ. That is the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. You need to make a decision today. How were you baptized, sir? Oh, I don't remember. The Bible says make your calling and election sure. You need to be sure today. If I were you, I would walk out of here wondering. You need to do it today. Don't be like those that went into eternity this morning. 
It's too late for them. What about my grandma? What about my husband? What about my children? Listen. Peter said, save yourself. You got to love God more than these. He's got to be number one. Lord, I want to serve you. If nobody else go, I got to go. And if you will be obedient, the Lord said, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You shall receive power to live right, to think right, to do what's right. It's all here. It's all ready. It's all prepared. And you only have a few minutes to make up your mind because the clock is ticking and time and eternity is pulling at one another. And those of you that are saved, if you got family and friends that are not in church, there's nothing wrong with shedding a tear. Tears are valuable to God. He collects every one of them. And some of you men are so proud. You think crying is for crybabies. Jesus wept. He wept over Jerusalem. That rejected him. He wept at the graveside of Lazarus. And he's weeping for you. Would you bow your heads with me? Oh God. I want to be saved. I want to be pleasing to you. But not only that, I want the man that's sitting in front of me to be saved. I want that sweet lady. She's so nice, but I want her to be saved. Holy Ghost, would you do what nobody else can do? Will you send a spirit of conviction and help them to realize there's more for them? Nobody here wants to risk having their works burned in the fire. Nobody wants to risk standing before the judgment without the blood of Jesus. Mighty God, mighty God, save, save us, save us, empower us, strengthen us. We need you, we need you, we need you, I need you. Examine my heart. I could do more. Right now, the Holy Spirit is telling some of you what you can be doing. He's telling you right now, this is what you could be doing. This is what you can be doing right now, starting today. We don't know if we're going to be back here tonight. We don't know if we're going to be back here Wednesday. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. But now is the time. Today is the day. Let's all stand. sing a song and while we're singing this song God just want to know is there anybody that will stand in the gap between him and somebody's eternity would you stand in the gap if you're here tonight today and you've not yet been baptized in Jesus name don't leave don't walk out sir we got a change of clothes for you ma'am we have a change of clothes for you we're ready but the time is urgent and your hour is at, is at hand. If you want to come and be baptized, we want you to come. Stand up right across the front of this church. If you want to give your life to the Lord, you're tired and you're weary, but you don't want to be in the lake of fire. You don't want to go in out eternity. God loves you too much. Sir, don't, don't, don't put it off. God is calling you. If you're the only one that comes, you better come. Ma'am, if that fellow you with don't come, you need to come. 
Sir, don't wait, don't wait for no excuses. But we're gonna sing this song. Church, I need y'all to pray. Perhaps there's somebody need you, need a little encouragement. Do you want to go down front? I'll go with you. But let's 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 intercede for souls right now. Come on, let's sing this song. This altar area is open.